Hey, what's up? This is your girl, May J, and you are listening to the LLP Media Let's Talk About It segment. Thank you guys for tuning in to LLP Media. Let's talk about it. I am here with Monroe. Hey, everyone. In today's topic, we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of art. That was a dramatic pregnant pause. So we just wanted you to feel the good, the bad, and ugly. Um <laughs> But as artists, in a conversation I had with Christine in last week's episode, we we kind of briefly touched on the bad part of art that we produce, like the things that we don't talk about and the things that people don't see. So today with Monroe, I kind of wanted to touch a little bit more on that and kind of do a back and forth questionnaire about our personal art and just kind of touch in on the good and the bad and the ugly of it. Yep. That is the plan. Um, in case you guys are a little confused at what necessarily we mean by the good, the bad, and the ugly is, you know, as even I feel like even as artists ourselves, we see something or we hear something and we're like, yo, that was dope. But then we we fail to realize that the people that are producing it aren't always just making up a story it comes from a very personal heartfelt place yes one of the notes that I actually wrote for this podcast was yes I went through this um because we do glorify art like with sad songs like we hear those sad breakup songs and we love them so much but a lot of times we don't think about the pain that the singer or the writer experienced when writing that song. So today we want to talk about a lot of our pain and just to talk about what motivates us as artists. Dang. So because I'm always with the sad girl vibes. <laughs> That's why we're doing this, huh? Who <laughs> hurt you? That's what I'm going to put next to your artist profile on the LLP site. <laughs> Monroe, asterisk, who hurt you? <laughs> you know, it's rough out here, girl. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to do kind of a back and forth questionnaire here with Monroe and myself. And we're going to talk about some of our, what we feel are our best pieces. And we're going to tell the story behind them. So here is a trigger warning, um, you know, a content warning. Some of the stories that we tell may be a little gruesome, may have some profane language. If you feel at any point in this podcast um, that you were triggered, we do understand if you stop listening and leave us a comment. Let us know how you feel or, or if you just want to tell us your heartfelt story, hit us up and let us know. We, we are in quarantine <laughs> and we need something to do. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, she's in quarantine. I am essential. <laughs> Even essential people need things to do on the weekends. That's true. So, Monroe, yes. what poem have you performed that you felt was the hardest one for you to get out? Oh, 
of the ones that I've performed. Yes. Um. <laughs> well, how many times have I cried on stage? No. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. I uh, use very awful and or dark humor to, you know, deflect. But I have, so there's two. Um... One was performed recently. It was Hi, How Are You? Which is half cover, half poem. Um, and the other one that I did is, oh my God, what was, that was last year. Um, and I did that one at our adult conversations open mic that we had that one I remember trying really hard not to like cry in the middle of it but (laughs) that didn't work so well um it was called superhero man I remember that poem. I think out of those two, my favorite was Hi, How Are You? Because I could see, like, the the attempt at cover-up. You know, I could see that it was hurting you, but I could see you trying to be strong and get through it. And I always love artists who take a bad situation and make something beautiful out of it. So I was really appreciative of that poem. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. Oh, and you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think those those were definitely my my two hardest pieces. There's another one, but I haven't performed that one yet. So, okay, yeah. okay. Um, I would have to say my two hardest pieces I performed were good now. And that poem really describes the the unknown or like the battle between what your therapist tells you to do versus the abuse that you've you've gone through. Um, for those who are abuse victims and who attempt to go to therapy to try to heal those wounds, um, you you know the tactics and the things that your therapist tells you to do and the things that you do to cope through the issue. Um, so that one was really hard for me. But I've had so many of my listeners tell me that's like their favorite poem of mine, which I'm just like, fuck, I don't want to do that one again. Um, <laughs> and another one that was really hard for me was Cheater. I think that was the first poem that I was honest about a situation in which I was questioning whether or not I was a cheater because I was in a relationship with feelings for someone else. (laughs) You know, it'd be like that sometimes. (laughs) All right. Um, Yeah, no. So I absolutely love both of those. And Yeah, no, absolutely. And I remember your book release circa, what, two years ago? Yes. Three? Was Mm -hmm. it two? Yes, it's been Um, two. Jeez, it sure has. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, and I got a Snapchat because Snapchat just likes to remind you of everything. It uh, it gave me a memory of that, and I remember I sent that to you, and I was like watching the video over it. I was like, uh, yes, say it. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Two years. It's it's impeccable to think of like where we were mentally two years ago and that's another thing so do you feel that your art reflects your personal growth yeah or <sighs> mm. I don't know if I would say if it reflects my personal growth well yeah I guess you're right I guess it would be growth it definitely is a reflection of where my mindset is at that point in time Okay. Um, in regards to just even the viewing of like situations that might later in life repeat itself, the approach is not always the same. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that the other day when I was reading some of my older poetry because I, I do that. I read poems I wrote like when I was a teenager and I read poems that, like I wrote now. And I compare because I am a psychopath and I like to drive myself crazy. <laughs> but in do- uh- asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but in doing that, I did see like a lot of toxic traits that I had as a teenager. I saw them develop and kind of still be toxic in my early 20s. And then as I'm maturing into my mid 20s, I'm seeing them become something else. Like I'm seeing them become, you know, lessons and I'm seeing my spirituality change and I'm watching myself blossom into this potential woman. And it's kind of scary sometimes because you're like, who would have thought that you were the toxic person in those situations? (laughs) And you're like, damn, I was terrible. Uh So tell me a story mm-hmm. behind one of your poems that people don't mm-hmm. readily know that was very ugly, but helped you create something beautiful. Mm-hmm. What? All right. I'm going to head out. No. <laughs> All right, SpongeBob. Sit your ass down. Um, oof. You can you can see why this is hard for me considering this is literally my entire subject matter yes. for my work. Let's let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. That's what uh-huh. this segment is called. Let's talk about it. <laughs> oh man, I am like I'm hell nervous right now, y'all. She just she just put me on. My face is hot. It's real in here. Oh my god. <laughs> You pre-potted this, so she knew this shit was coming. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> you know, it's the same thing like when we got a show. I still get nervous. Um... <laughs> no, let's see. Which one? Well, okay, so I know you know the Hi, How Are You backstory. Mm-hmm. I know a a lot of people probably don't. Um, 
So that that poem was um is not even gonna lie. It's still very difficult for me to even look over just for the matter of the fact that it was a breaking of a cycle that I was involved in for Jesus um, <laughs> nine years or so um, since we were like in high school and it's it was one of those like you keep the definition of insanity. You keep doing the same thing over expecting a different result. Mm -hmm. And I kept bending myself over backwards for this person, putting myself in this situation. And one of the lines in the poem is, how could you do this to me? I that was ready to burn the world just to keep you warm. And I feel like as not just as women, but as people, when we've known someone for so long, we get wrapped up into this idea, this mentality of what we hope for it to be and what we want it to be versus what's being shown to us face value. Um, I made a lot of not so smart choices in the process and really hurt people along the way because I kept choosing someone that wasn't doing the same for me. I was constantly not even second, third, or fourth or fifth choice and I just kept doing it and I kept doing it and I kept doing it and it just, I got burned. (laughs) Um, I see. Yeah. Okay. If you have not heard uh, Monroe's Hi, How Are You? I'm hoping that she will record it and so we can put it on to the end of this podcast. That would be great. (laughs) I will send it over to you. Phantasmo. Um, I just like how she just slid that shit in there, though. (laughs) I mean, I thought that shit was slick as hell. Like, I'm sly, and I'm flyer than the fly guy. So, you know. I think that, so since you did Hi, How Are You, I'll talk about my story of Cheater. I won't say when this happened (laughs) or whom I was dating at the time, but it it was some years back, and I was in a relationship that was essentially loveless. Um, I felt stuck with this person because the individual just refused to understand (laughs) that it was over. (laughs) Um, And I feel like- It'd be like that, girl. (laughs) I feel like people, a lot of people get in those situations where they they just don't want to admit to the fact that there's no reason to be together except for the fact that you're saying that you're with someone. And that's where we were. We had been there for like a year plus and I was just, essentially tired of him and his overall existence (laughs) like 
And he wasn't the only toxic person in a relationship. I was young. We both did stupid shit to each other. I didn't understand what love was because I was taught to think love was a certain way and that's not love can be expressed in so many different ways. Um, So when thinking about younger relationships, you really have to admit to the fact that you may not always be the one who was in the right. I was definitely in the wrong many times, especially this one. Um, I had a friend (laughs) whom I kind of confided in about my relationships and he and I, grew this relationship within our friendship that wasn't very uh friendly like we were friendly but we were it was friendly too far if I don't know how to describe it um he would send me the good morning messages he would come to my home and walk me places like Mm. he gave me that emotional dependency that I didn't get from my boyfriend at the time and so when I wrote the piece on reflecting on that, I always wondered, did I actually cheat on him because I I had an emotional attachment to someone else? Yeah, yeah, and, Um, oh. Yeah, girl, I mean, (laughs) I'm not saying you did, wait, that was horrible timing. (laughs) You're like, yeah, well, yeah, I'm like, (laughs) fuck. No, oh no. Oh. No, no, no. <laughs> My bad. Um, no, yeah, I mean, I feel like and bouncing back to like what I wrote, it it was the same sort of the same thing. Like I found myself in that loop of like comfort with this individual. And it because like you said, when when we're younger, when we're fucking young and dumb and in love with the idea of being in love. I don't know who the fuck said that, but I heard it somewhere. Um, you you get this notion, you and you develop this idea of what you think love should be like and what it's like when you really don't fucking know. And you well, don't can we talk about that? Where do we get that notion from? For me, I was having a conversation with my younger sister and we have like these really deep spiritual conversations sometimes and she never ceases to amaze me with the amount of wisdom and intelligence that's within this 22 year old fucking girl. Like she's so smart. (laughs) Oh, so you big mad. (laughs) I know, like it's just so amazing to me. Just like, when you talk to her, you don't think, oh, she's 22. You think this bitch is like 50. <laughs> Just like, there's no black, don't crack. <laughs> you know? um, but we were talking about love and love languages. And she asked me, what was my love language? And I told her I didn't know. And she was like, how do you not know what your love language is? And I was like, because where we come from, we were taught to love a specific way. And that's how I thought I was to love and be loved. But that's not how everyone loves it took me 19 years to realize that a lot of the relationships I had and the reason why they failed is because I was thinking that relationships should be a certain way and everybody shows love differently and it's instead of me understanding that I was just looking at what I was taught 
the relationships I saw in my home, the way my mom expressed love was the only way I've ever known to express love. So when I got older, it forced me to actually look around and look within myself and say, okay, I don't love that way. I actually don't like being fucking touched. <laughs> I hate that shit. Like, don't touch me. <laughs> like, leave me no, alone. No, touchy. No, touchy. <laughs> and I always thought that showing love, a person had to be emotional with you. Like, not just physically, but emo- like mentally and spiritually. But the physical aspect of it is where I fail because I fucking hate when people touch me. So when you talk about not knowing how to love and not really knowing what love is, is it because of where you come from? So honestly, for me, yeah. <laughs> I think it's it's a little bit of a mixture of just like partially where I come from and always feeling the need to adapt myself to make myself fit with the person I was with. You know what I'm saying? Million. Right. And it was it was this whole I mean honestly that's toxic as fuck within itself. Let's just be real. Like I've, I mean, even you've said this to me before, and I know we've had conversations about it where it's like, you can't really learn to love someone until you love yourself. And as someone that has depression and has anxiety and has all these other health issues and been battered down with trauma after trauma after trauma, like my whole fucking life, it's you begin to lose yourself to a point where it feels like every day you're back at the baseline, you're back at blank, you're back at zero. And you're trying to get to know you every single day and trying to get to be okay with you every single day. And it's just this like run around essentially with yourself and with your own sentiments. And when you start dating at a very young age and you start interacting with either people more experienced than yourself or have a better idea of like a more put together sense of who they are it's like you you view it as a control that you don't have or at least for me a control that I don't have within myself because like because of my health issues like this one piece that I've been working on I wrote a line where it says just because I hate me doesn't mean that I don't love you because even when I hate me it doesn't mean that I hate myself right and it's like it sounds like such a fucking conundrum but it's like when one thing that I always say, it's like, I know I'm not easy to be with, right? I've always said that. And I don't mean that just like, oh my God, I'm fucking annoying or a brat or whatever horrible 
atrocious girlfriend psycho thing insert here. It's more like because of everything that I've had to deal with, it took me a very long time to realize I was not a burden upon another person. And it took a very long time to realize that while I did have traits that were not okay, I wasn't someone's project to fix and they were not my project to fix. I want to touch on that, but we're going to take a quick break and then we will be right back. In a world built on art and unorthodox ideas, some run from their destiny. We've decided to embrace who we are. We are artists. We are the color that paints a black and white universe. We make the day-to-day unique, fun, and well, we fill it with life. At LLP Media, we work to bring art and expose local artists to those who want to hear our voice. Being a part of LLP Media means working with a team to create exceptional showcases and events for our community. Don't be afraid to share your passion. Come perform with LLP Media. Well, all right, guys, we are back. Um, Now, Monroe, you you said something that really touched me. And I, I kind of interpreted it as the lack of control within your own relationships. And that's something that I, I feel I strongly express in my art. Like I never talk about my lack of control, but if you ever read a lot of my poetry, especially about relationships, you can see my utter need to control situations or like my aggressive tone or, um, the fact that I'm always the the winner at the end, or I'm always the one who resolves the situation, or even when I'm describing something that um, I'm feeling or that I'm going through, within the end of the poem, I always leave it open. Like you never really can decipher who's the antagonist and who's the protagonist, or who's the one who's the bad guy in the story, because I never want to give anyone that amount of control. And in my own personal relationships, I felt like I've never really had a lot of control in them, especially in the ending. Like I had a guy dump me once and he told me he dumped me because I did not disclose what I was going through to him. He told me my life was a secret and um, I don't I don't trust him enough with my personal experiences and I must have cursed him out from Monday to Sunday. Like by the end of that conversation, he fucking knew. <laughs> so, ooh, girl, you cursed him out on the Lord's day. No, <laughs> every day I was as soon as I left church, and I was like, and another motherfucking thing. Like, <laughs> like in all honesty, because I felt loss of control. And so, in my poetry, I've I've realized as I've gotten older and as I write that I, whatever character I'm displaying, whatever situation I am, I have put myself in to share with the world, I share that with the abundance amount of self-control, self-confidence. Like I am displaying the things that in my personal life I don't have. 
So I com- I completely understand where you're coming from when you talk about your relationships and how you've been this chameleon and the lack of control that I felt in my own personal life is insane. So I can 100% agree with you there. I get it. Yeah. And it's like, you get to a point where you're just like, okay, am I fucking neurotic? Am I fucking crazy? And then you're like, yes, the fuck I am. Like, no. And when, when you put, like, I feel like we build up all these walls in that process. And at the same fucking time, you just like shatter yourself completely because it is a double of overexertion of all your energy that you have because you're trying to be in control. You're trying to keep face. But at the same time, you're like, no, I want you to see me. I want you to see this part of me, but I can't fucking show you because I don't want to hurt again. Well, isn't that essentially the idea of the mask of an artist? Like, we want to express ourselves. We want to express our art, but we don't want to feel that. So we put on this mask to display the things that we're thinking of and display the things that we're going through. But in reality, it's just us telling our own story. Yeah, absolutely. It's like when when I'm writing a piece, it's like... <sighs> How do I put it? I place myself out of my body almost. Like me, when I start writing, it's not me. It's not Mariela, you know, working fucking nine to five, Monday through Friday, sometimes Saturday. (laughs) Like it's not the person that I walk around being every single day. I'm essential. (laughs) Friendly (laughs) reminder. Um, it's really quick side note I would just like to say to you um, during this time of quarantine and this very fucking frightening time we're having not in just Chicago not just in the U.S. but in our world I want to say thank you to all of the essential workers that's not just the nurses the doctors the paramedics like I want to say thank you to them as well because they are in the front line of this thing like they are really taking this on hold um they're handling it they're putting their lives in danger but I do want to say I appreciate the grocery store clerks um the CTA bus drivers, the the Uber drivers, the the bank tellers, the people who go out, the, the social workers who have to work in those areas where kids can't go home because they're basically between home and juvenile detention center to the to the police and the the guards that keep the 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 jailbirds in line. Like thank you, because without you guys, our world as today could not function. So. Okay, I just want to put that out there because no one's thanking what they would call the bottom toll pool essential workers. Like my husband, he works for Comcast. And I was like, why are you out working? And he's like, because I'm essential. I have to make sure that people can stay in contact with each other. And I'm just like, that's fucking nuts. But um, I just want to yeah. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. You guys are really out there doing your best to ensure that the world as we know it continues with some form of normality and I appreciate you and I think that you all should be paid a lot more than what you're getting paid because it you're doing you're doing God's work honestly so thank you all um and back to our regular schedule program go ahead Mariela um Monroe whatever wow 
so y'all, <laughs> you just gonna make me cry real quick in front of them, and then you're just gonna be like, all right, so back to this conversation that we were having about some other sad shit. Ugh. <laughs> 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 uh. We live in a society where people don't want to be honest about how they feel. You know, I've, you know, this. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, that just, I felt that very, very, the demons felt it, Ashley. (laughs) Wow. You know me personally. So you know that I've been on this like spiritual journey. I've been really learning myself. I've been really, you know, doing things to improve, not just my health, but like my mental and spiritual health. And in doing so, I, I've learned a lot about the world, like how ugly the world can be and yet how beautiful artists make it. Like, have you ever noticed that whenever the world went through a travesty, here comes a nice, wonderful boom of art? Yep. Music, the best music I, I know have happened during really tough times, you know, great movies during horrible times, like artistic booms come at moments like this. So like this is, and I hate to say it, this is like the artist's time to shine. It's like our job to make people's lives a little less gloomy. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I feel like you know, we're, we're so caught up in, like, the whole, okay, so here, here's my, my opinion on the people that are complaining that they got to stay indoors. I'm sitting here, like, I wish I could stay indoors, because my ass would be sitting here writing, listening to music, trying to draw again, like, do all this stuff that when I'm living my day-to-day, I am so, like, just worn out and tired from everything that I'm, like, I can't focus, you know what I'm saying? And it's, like, I completely agree with you. A lot of friends that I even saw declining on what they were doing artistically and their artistic pursuits have started to do that again, and it honestly makes me very happy as an artist myself because I'm, like, yes, like, Let's do this, all introverts. Let's unite (laughs) and make some art. Well, again, I think, and I'm going to give you a very serious reason as to why I feel people are saying that when you are sitting at home and it's quiet and you have nothing to do but deal with your thoughts, what else? You know what I'm saying? It's like you have to figure out you. And I honestly don't feel that people are ready for that. As a person like myself, I, I, the reason why I started, so yesterday I started my new poetry series, um, new poetry series, I Confess. And I Confess is me literally going into every situation in my life in which I felt hurt, in which I felt pain. And I'm finally saying what I wanted to say because my ass don't talk. If I get pissed off at you, I ain't got shit to say to you. I will not talk to you for years. That's just how I am. And to some extent, I felt better not dealing with the issue than actually dealing with it. But as I continue with my spiritual journey to self-awareness and happiness, I am learning that Ashley cannot hold those things inside. May J has to help her release them. So yesterday was my first poem I wrote, I Just Never Said It, in which I basically told a person that at the time of our relationship, I was in love with them. 
Um, and I just never said it. And it's so funny how people react to that. Like I got some really positive feedback. Um, a lot of people wondering if it was about them. And I, it was fun for me to say, <laughs> no. <laughs> so you just don't gave these people the whole spoiler. What spoiler? They better go listen to it. <laughs> you can actually find no plug, but I actually have my own podcast for my poetry. It's called May J Speaks. You can now listen to it on Spotify and Anchor. Um, but I'll be posting a poem every day on that on my streaming network. Um, some new, some old, but whatever is poetry by me. So please go listen to my first poem. Um, I just never said it. All the plugs. She being modest, y'all. Go listen. Go like. Go share. Go talk about it. What the fuck else are y'all doing? Because you so should I- be staying in the fuck inside your damn houses. Anyways. Well, this is what happened in the Jackson household. We stay inside. My husband's cooking steak, and for some reason, that fire alarm is going off. And I'm afraid to leave my pod room to see what's going on. So I am so sorry for the beeping you that you guys heard, and I will not be editing it out because it gives our podcast character. All right. Hey, he'll he'll figure it out. It's cool. I believe that my husband did not burn that steak. Hopefully. (laughs) Yeah. Monroe, we've um, been talking about, we've been kind of back, bouncing back and forth on emotions and mm-hmm. being an artist and hiding your emotions, but being willing to express them. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you better unplug that damn alarm. <laughs> so, oh my God. all right. Being able to express. <laughs> Being able to express yourself via writing, but not so much when it comes to um, expressing yourself through words. And something that I wrote yesterday, and I, oh, I want ironic, to, isn't it? I know, right? Something I wrote yesterday in my poem, um, or a note that I left on my poem for my readers. I'm gonna pull it up for you because when I thought of it, I was like, that is so weird to say, but it's so interesting because I think we all suffer through it. Um, I'm just going to read my note. It says, I'm sorry I never said what I should have said to make the transition easier. Although spoken word is my passion, speaking words have never been my specialty. Mm, Bars, yes, yes. Bars, (laughs) I think I and when I said when I said that when I wrote it first of all it kind of gave me a light bulb moment I was like yeah that's exactly my fucking problem (laughs) I can write and I can recite but I can't speak it's it's interesting honestly I think as millennials, as no, as people in the society that we currently live in, we were conditioned to act a certain way when it comes towards sentiment, towards actually voicing what the fuck you're feeling, what the fuck you're thinking. 
because like you said, a lot of us, it takes, it takes so much to be able to look at yourself and look at something and say, okay, I fucked up. That's my bad. Okay, why the fuck did I let that happen? Why is this hurting me? How can I change it? Because change for a majority of people is terrifying. Or even a better question, who the fuck am I? Yeah. Who Same am I? My in this thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's never easy and I feel like especially when we're growing up if we grow up in difficult situations or situations where we don't really have a chance to to figure it out because like I can't sit here and tell you I had a normal childhood shit because you get what I'm saying and it's like it takes it's for me like I've I've met people that have what I view as a normal happy life as something mundane you get what I'm saying and it's mm-hmm. like I sit there and I'm like how did you do that what was that like you how... know what I'm guessing to me when I see people who I who I would think were very grateful for where they came from, come and complain to me about things that I wish I would have had. Like my, like for instance, the conversation of sex in my household was never had. And you get these kids who are so annoyed that their mother wants to talk to them and wants to have this open relationship with them as they want to explore. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I wish somebody would have told me when I was growing up what mono really was. Cause I Mono my whole life. Mm-hmm. Like that that's some true shit, dude. Like honestly, same. I never had that conversation. And the other pod that we did for adult conversations. No, sorry. I'm tweaking out right now. For parental advisory. advisory. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um we touched upon that subject of how like even in school you didn't really learn shit so it's like you they kind of just like threw us out in the world and they were like there you go figure it out let me know how you do (laughs) yeah um and it's it's honestly terrifying because you kind of have to go along into this world and be like hmm I don't know what this is. Let me Google. And then you're like, hmm, I probably shouldn't be Googling. <laughs> and then once you do that and you express yourself and you express your disdain or you express your lack of knowledge in your art, people are so intrigued by it, but they don't really understand that. Nah, I'm not just being artistic. I really don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> like, What is adulthood? <laughs> yeah. It's so true. It's like, I don't know, you you grow up and you're like, so I'm fucking winging it because <laughs> I was raised in an environment where everybody else was too. Awesome. No one had a plan. 
fuck am I supposed to do? We're supposed to um, live. And we're supposed to create. Yeah. This is true. See, look at you. Just so poetic. So harmonious. Fuck out of here. <laughs> fuck <out of> here. <laughs> um, I, I, before we end this podcast, I, I just want to stop on the note of saying that it's important to be honest about your experiences. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, as a writer and as a person who has been writing poetry since I was, shit, 11, 12, I've never found as much freedom as I have when I wrote it with the pen. And I think I will use that quote forever because it, it really resonated with me that although spoken word is my passion, speaking words have never been my specialty. And don't judge me by my art because of my experiences. Know that this is what we go through. Any last words, Monroe? Um, I think that in order to create, in order to express, in order to really get to know yourself, you have to do it and people say live fearlessly no live with all the fear with all the anger with all the fucking anxiety and put it out there otherwise it will suffocate you and another point express your love learn your love language learn what it means to be loved and and don't don't harshly judge a person just because he doesn't love the way he, you think he should love or she thinks like don't judge a person because she doesn't love the way you think she should love learn their love language and appreciate them for what and whom they are yeah love is anything but easy that's for sure and you that don't have to change true. yourself to accept and be loved yes go ahead girl tell them We'd like to thank uh, Monroe for sitting down with us for Let's Talk About It. And we also like to thank TBC for burning whatever the fuck he burned of my dinner and setting off the fire alarm. You know, in the almost year, we've been here for a year. And the year that we lived in this condo, I have not heard that fire alarm go off. I hope my kitchen's okay. You really gonna say we're gonna thank Monroe? Who is we? Me and LLP, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> we are LLP. <laughs> so we're thanking you. <laughs> Me and you are thanking you. Um, we're gonna try to include the poems that we talked about on the end of this podcast. So you'll be listening to Monroe's. Actually, no. Not the end of this podcast. We will post the poems posted, the poems discussed on this podcast this Tuesday. So keep your eyes out on our podcast, on all podcast networks. um, And we'll post those pods on Tuesday for our artist review. Okay, I'm done. You guys have a good night. Be safe. 
please, all essential workers, know that LLP Media and all staff appreciates you. We love you guys. Have a great night. Bye.